808s and blast beats. Welcome back. It's been far too long. We're just going to get right into it. I'm not going to try to acknowledge the gap because I feel like it's going to keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. We uh we took a long pause uh for no good reason other than uh Texas is on fire, but not on fire, on snow. That's not an expression. I don't but even anyway. I don't even know if we can claim that like yeah, it's been bad this last week, but we also didn't record for like two months before that. And then with the backlog of episodes that I still got to get out, like I'm about yeah. to, I'm about to dump like five more at once yeah, in like bad. August. So that'll be yeah. a fun little throwback to the whole Texas winter storm when this comes yeah. out in six months. Absolutely. Um, if I upload it this time. Yeah. Um, if you. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> What have you been listening so, to? So, um, what have I been listening to recently? Yeah. I've been listening to, okay, um, a lot more. I, I've been switching back and forth between um, metal and rap, which uh, coincidentally is what uh, this podcast is about, but is not typically, you know, it's about, you know, a quarter each of what I listen to. I listen to other, like, folk music and uh, electronic uh, music and things like this. Um but recently, it's been it's been pretty isolated to just rap and metal. Okay. Um, Any specifics? But, um. Yeah, I've actually been listening to a lot of death metal, or like, and not death metal. What do they call it? Deathcore. Yeah, which is, is so so wild to me that like. Yeah. We got you on fit for an autopsy like one time. That's all it took. Yeah, and I, and I, I've really taken to it. I have to be honest. There's um there's a, a playlist that I just keep like adding those type of songs to, um and so like Knock Loose obviously is like where I started, but uh Left Behind is that is that a band that you recognize? Oh yeah, Left Behind is sick. Um, um they're in that same kind of like more hardcore metalcore kind of thing. Right. Um, also the Acacia Strain. Um, there's let's see here. Um, some of these songs, uh, justice for the damned that has a song I like. Okay. Um, fit for an autopsy, alpha wolf. Dude, alpha um, wolf is so sick. After the burial. Which alpha wolf um, song do you have? And why is it Akudama? <laughs> it's not actually, it's sub zero. It's one of their newer songs, I think, or perhaps I don't know. Uh, I mean newer, but before the, the album came out, but yeah, no sub zero is like the other really big one they have. That's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're like, you're getting caught up. <laughs> oh yeah and it's it, it depends on if i'm doing cardio or not but like if i'm lifting weights at the gym i'm listening to deathcore okay um and if i'm doing cardio i'll listen to rap and the rap i've been listening to recently has been um like it's not like mainstream trap but like um more of the the specific trap i have like I, I like Moneybag yo a lot um and i like i've been listening to a bit of pop smokes discography i, I was late to that um but uh also i've been listening to this one like i guess more niche uh group called the black soprano family um and so that's been pretty cool and so that's for like heavy cardio sessions oh and uh kevin gates too okay what, what kind of music is black soprano family are they in that it, same kind of trap adjacent yeah they w i think they would call themselves like cocaine rap 
which I have no idea how to define that. Okay. Um, other than they say that's what it is, and also I would just have to have you listen to a song because I don't know exactly how to define their music. They're trap music, but I don't know what kind. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. If that makes sense. But I've just, I, you know, I, I found them like a week and a half ago, and I've just been like listening to them. I added them on a couple of playlists and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I have I, this uh, tendency to like take an artist that I was like, oh, that has a cool song, and then I'll go to the artist and then turn on that artist's radio on Spotify. So That's a really good way to do it. I, I forget who I was talking to the other day, but they mentioned that they wanted to swap from Spotify to something else. Mm. Um, and I'm not like... Title. Maybe. I'm not like a big Spotify shill or anything but i do think that that is one thing they do a lot better than anyone else is all the data kind of stuff like the radio and the recommendations on anything else is so garbage compared to spotify yeah my parents still listen to pandora radio like my mom will have like a song by jason mraz pandora radio there you go you got to do what i did i just (laughs) bought the bought the family plan and i just forced my parents to get spotify That'll that'll do it. You did him a favor. I'll do it. Yeah. So actually, that's a good um, kind of segue into this week. Instead of an album necessarily for me, um, you did like a a playlist of because because this artist Spirit Box doesn't have a lot on their discography as of right now. You just kind of did a playlist. Yeah, it was a playlist. Um, it it was primarily for anyone interested who didn't catch the last one, it was the singles collection they put out in 2019. So the five songs off of that, and then the four singles they've released since. And then I also just threw on Beauty of Suffering from the first album. Just yep. for context of what they used to sound like. Mm. Gotcha. So yeah, so we, um, we can we can dive into that. Um, okay. I'm, I'm cool to dive into that. I mean, did you... Did you want to lead that, or I can kind of talk about why yeah. I picked it? Or I'll, I'll lead it a little bit. Um, so first of all, I'm not going to go in sequential order because of the nature of you know it being a playlist, um, not like an album like as we normally would. Um, I'll give you my my top three favorite songs. Um, Perennial, in my opinion, is just it was was very very good, um, objectively good, and I'll and you'll realize why i say that in a second um i like the poetic nature of the lyrics i like the timbre of uh the singer courtney la plant am i saying that correctly the plant or la plant i've heard it both ways um i like her her timbre um both in her uh, more melodic uh clean vocals and then also her unclean uh, you can just say singing and screaming. <laughs> so it's fine. I'm just trying to give respect where you know respect. Right, but you know we don't have to be like uh, clean and unclean and trying to get vocab put in a textbook. Like, nah, you know, some sometimes people be singing and sometimes they do be screaming. Listen, man. All I'm saying is like, she is like the best. Okay. Oh, Christ I Almighty. Like a, I have a I have a comment on one of their YouTube videos that has six thousand. Uh, Thumbs up, okay. I'm at the top. Okay, so can, okay, can we can we sidebar and just address that thing real quick? Sure. So it wasn't the reason I picked them. It absolutely was not the reason I picked them. But when I picked them, I was like, all right, we're gonna have to address this at some point. 
So clearly, there's a lot of weird bullshit that's going to happen anytime you discuss this band or anytime that they appear online because they do have a female vocalist. Some people would say that they're female-fronted, but then you start to get into that whole weird thing people do where they kind of group bands with, with female vocalists together regardless right. of what they sound like. And I don't think that that's the best way to do it. I mean, Spirit Box does not sound anything like Dying Wish. They don't sound like Ginger. They don't sound like Cerebral Bore. Like, it, it's very different music. Um, but I've kind of noticed, especially with Spirit Box, since they were kind of like the hot new shit for most of 2020, that you get comments on both ends of the spectrum with them. You get the typical awful, hateful stuff you'd expect just any time that women are involved on the internet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All this, you know, all all the the kind of weird, not only just like mean and hateful, but just like the shit you could tell they wouldn't have said if it had been like a a male vocalist they didn't like. So there's all that kind of awful shit. But there's another thing that I think is equally annoying, at least for me to see as a third party. I don't, I don't know what is worse for the artist. I'm not trying to say that, but just something that makes my eyes bleed is the people who go the other direction and they just kind of like weirdly, blindly, over-enthusiastically like pour support onto the band because the female is, or because the, the vocalist is female. and what It's a I, bit simpy. A bit. Yeah, but I mean, it's also just people, people saying, it's not even just like, oh, they shouldn't compliment, but specifically like people say weird shit like, I saw a comment that was like, this band's really good. And the vocalist has a lot more balls than some of the male vocalists I've seen. And it's just like, you would never compare. Right. I don't know. Like, is, like why are you bringing that into it? Right. Like, the know? compliments like, are like, oh, she's like, she's good in spite of being a female vocalist. And it's like, that's also right. not what you should be doing. <laughs> like, you I've, can just. I just, I I have a note here for one of my uh, favorite YouTube comments. This is off of one of her, like, live performances that she uploads on YouTube. Uh <laughs> Ugh, she looks like some kind of high-powered dark elf queen with a smirking emoji and a fire emoji. Dude, YouTube comments are <laughs> like I'm convinced. I'm not convinced that any of those are not bots. Right. Dude, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. But yeah, I don't know. I just um, think it's equally. I just think it 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 kind of like derails the conversation in either way when people are like, "This band sucks because I hate women." Women can't be metal. That's awful. And it's also awful when people are like, even though she's a woman, she's really talented. Like, that's also fucking stupid. And then it's also dumb when people just like, then there's all like, just like the brainless, like Yoss Queen. Like, I don't even like this music, but I just am going to like it because it's a woman. And I just feel like a lot of it is taking away from just liking the band, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And also a lot of it too, it takes away from the fact that it is a band, you know, a a lot of times you are going to run into people idolizing or kind of focusing on the front man or front woman, front person rather than like the whole band. But I just feel like, especially in cases like this, it kind of is like, you know, there's three other people involved, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so as I was, I was saying before that tangent, um, Perennial is is one of my favorites for being the most um, like universally uh, I would say like palatable uh, I, liking the sound of it 
Um, it had an amazing, uh, like, lyrics composition. Like, they, you know, the, the lyrics are thoughtful and are kind of, you know, elaborate. Um, and just rocks. That song just rocks. Um, the reason I say that that way is because my next favorite one is for a more, like, personal reason. And I don't think anybody else would take it, this song, to the place that I did. Um, Rule of Nines. Oh, dude, Rule um, of Nines is so sick. Particularly because, um, one, sometimes, you know, and I'm sure you can identify as this, like, sometimes, like, there's a little, like, sliver of your life, and for some reason, like, a song, when you're listening to it at that point in your life, or time, or part of a year, like, that just is, like, kind of like a, like a soundtrack to it, like, when you listen to that song again, you're like, okay, this is, like, reminds me of that time, for some reason, this song has slipped into that category yeah, for me. There's a tendency to unintentionally turn albums into time capsules. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely have a lot of albums that like I very strongly associate with specific times, but are, are you saying that it reminds you of a time like when you first listen to it or like you just were listening no, to I it think that right it's now, already going to be one of those that the latter. I think when I think back, when I hear this song in two years, I'll think of this time. Interesting. Um, and one thing, Weird side note that, uh, not to divulge too much, um, but pretty much every lyric in this song and the entire feel of this song um, can be like heavily overlaid to the Critical Role podcast. Um, and that is something that I really like. Like the particular point where they're at in this podcast with this song just came together for some reason where I, t- like I said, nobody else, I don't expect anybody else to take it to that place. Um, but yeah, this song particularly did for me. That is um, so not at all what I was expecting you to say. That's okay. There's so um, much there to like take personal meaning for and, and not to discredit what you said, but I just think it's funny that you just completely turned away from where I thought that was headed. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, nine is a reoccurring number in that show with, like, that being part of the story. Like, there's literally, like, every part, first verse, like, the chorus, this, you know, the the bridge, all of this um, has direct, you know. And I even, I actually showed it to um, my partner, Jay, and they were like, yeah, dude. Like, I don't really like the song because I don't like the style of music too much. But reading that lyrics, holy shit, you know, like, that is, that's oddly coincidental. I don't know um, anything about Critical Role, but do that's people, okay. do people so, suffer a lot of uh, a lot of burn injuries? Is that a big theme? <laughs> We're getting people getting burned a lot in that one. Yeah. Um. But um, the the other song that I liked a lot, which was a uh, Bleach Bath. Okay. Yeah, Bleach Bath is more of a deep cut, I think, for people. I think. So I, I said that this band was like quote unquote like the hot new shit in 2020, and no disrespect, I don't mean that in the bad way, but. It just seems like every year there's kind of like a band that everyone's like, oh shit, this is the band. Mm-hmm. And they are very much very much Spirit Box for last year. And I think a lot of people got into Spirit Box with either Rule of Nines, Blessed Be, those singles that were kind of put out after the singles collection, or a lot of people jumped on with Holy Roller since that got a ton, mm-hmm. a ton of radio play on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Bleach Bath is like unheard of, but... Being a little bit older, I don't know that quite as many people have heard Bleach Bath. And, like, mm-hmm. Bleach Bath and um, Electric Cross are so sick for how much I don't see people bringing them up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I like a lot of okay, the way that I interpret um I guess these albums and just in you know, heavy music in general as we've been doing this podcast is like I'll listen to a song and if I like the sound of it then I am more inclined to like go look at the lyrics and like read into the lyrics and then like recognize those when they're when the song is playing in the future um and so a lot of the times when i say i like a song or it's one of my favorites it's one of the ones where on my first playthrough it stuck out to me like oh i like the sound of that one um and then oftentimes especially because just the nature of a lot of the music we cover um heavy music tends to have elaborate lyrics um which is probably counterintuitive for a lot of people who don't listen to it because they just think it's screaming um not not that uh spirit box is more melodic than you know some what what would you say they are hardcore uh i mean they're kind of in that like i think people put them in like the metalcore bucket but they have like a lot of progressive metal influences their newer stuff's kind of going a little bit more deftonesy yeah they're kind of pulling from different things but it's interesting you say that the lyrics are more what was the word you use for for metal lyrics complex or intricate complex or like elaborate yeah, which I think is interesting because almost always, if you just were to to put songs in in playlists and hit shuffle, any metal song you're gonna pick and any rap song you're gonna pick, there's almost I can almost guarantee there's just gonna literally be more lyrics to the rap song, like almost by an order of magnitude. Yes, I, I think but... that metal is a lot of times more abstracted. I think it's more dense with like i don't know just uh visceral feeling that's a good way to put it yeah like me- metal music is more densely packed with visceral feeling whereas like um rap music is poetic and has more you know s- stanzas of poetry right or like uh wh- whatever they call it but um i just i don't know uh, a lot of the time it's um and you know i like when it's i, I like how songs like for example Here's a here's a quote from Bleach Bath. Um, Gaslight me, harder to breathe. Gaslight me, choke on my teeth. Um, you know that's that's a lot of the times I like the more like visceral. Like here here's a good example. Deathcore songs or hardcore songs or metalcore songs that have those sort of like dark. You know, like Acacia Strain was a good example. A lot of uh, uh, Spirit Box is a good example. Where they're like kind of these like dark visceral, like I don't know, lyrics are a lot better than for me than the opposite. Where do you remember that video that was like about pineapple on pizza? Uh, that, that, y- y- it, like the the view, the music video. Yeah, yeah. yeah are you yeah, talking like about that. pizza by Attila? Yes, pizza by Attila. That is like the exact contrast of like what I don't like. Yeah, you know, like silly lyrics or like something that like has very little depth to it. Right, and I think that's I a like lot it. of why there's kind of like a huge, huge thing of people getting into heavier music with like the more kind of goofy, lighthearted, kind of warp tour music. At least that was a lot of people's inlet. The bands that were like you know took it less seriously. The lyrics were kind of a little bit more jovial. All the song titles were goofy, and then tend to kind of uh, with time drift more into the kind of more hardcore leaning a little bit more introspective relatable kind of lyrics um, it's probably the 
the exact trajectory I took, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the best way I heard it described, too, um, less with, like, the warp Tour music kind of stuff, but with, like, genuine metal bands, like, no dash core in the name. Mm-hmm. Someone describing the lyrics as just being, like, Dungeons and Dragons shit, which is <laughs> so accurate. Like, you want to, yeah, you look fair. at something like, um, I don't know, I mean, not to, like, not to pile on with how much I like the band, but you look at something like Counterparts, sure. mm-hmm. and it's just, it's like just on another level than if you look at something like Blind Guardian. It's still a good band if you're into that kind of thing, but Blind Guardian is very much on a different wavelength when it comes to lyric writing. I gotcha. So yeah, um, I definitely understand like what you're saying about the, the Spirit Box lyrics and that there's maybe less there in a literal sense, but it is open-ended in a way and, and abstracted such that you can implement or you can imprint more meaning to it okay yeah no i i would i agree with that um i don't have as much of a scope as you do on on the industry and what is out there um so your uh assessment is probably more valid but uh yeah no i i agree with that from what i've seen so musically what did you like about the three tracks um i you know it, it I like one thing that I really like is a contrast between like beautiful melodic vocals. Um, you know, you, you have sent me songs in the past where you're like, this, this guy is insane. Uh, or like, Oh, look like, listen to the chorus. Like it, you know, that like you've said, Oh dude, with a choir background, you can probably, you know, verify how insane this is. Yeah. You're, right? you're about to get outed this episode as being a little choir boy. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no shame. No shame. No regret. Um, but, so, there is there is something to be said about, like, a, you know, a female soprano melodic, like, chorus. And then, after that, having, like, verses or a bridge that is just heavy as fuck. And you just, like... It just I don't know that that's what I like about uh, Spirit Box particularly, and these are the songs that I liked the most out of the ones I've listened to. Yeah, no, I mean no no discredit to anyone else in the band, and I know we ragged on this like exact opinion earlier, right. but I do think a lot of people that like Spirit Box like it for Courtney's performances. Um, on I, I think that if the rest of the band was not writing at the caliber that they're at, the band would not be nearly as popular. But like. You know, people ask you why you like Spirit Box. It's probably going to be the reason that you pick, right? Um, right. I, I think it's, it's interesting. not because she looks like a sexy spirit elf or whatever. Like did that? Ooh, did, I'd already blocked it out of my memory, and you brought it back. <laughs> uh, it's because I appreciate what the sound of the melodic chorus and how it contrasts, like her screams. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't know. Well, I just... It's interesting that you bring that up, and you kind of focus on, uh, you know, you mentioned like just liking female sopranos and you kind of take it very much from like from the singing angle and i definitely really appreciate courtney's singing i just i don't have that kind of a background for it but Mm -hmm. there's something about like the way that she delivers lines when she's screaming that i just think is so insanely cool there's like a kind of Mm -hmm. subset of vocalists that she belongs to like uh i Mm -hmm. would put Marcus Vick from Invent Animate in there. I think more people would probably lean on someone like Micah from O Sleeper, where a lot of people do really good screaming vocals. A lot of people are really good at sounding 
you know, strained or despaired or angry, mm-hmm. but like there's this weird thing that the you know, Michael and Marcus I've mentioned and Courtney are able to do where like when they are doing these these verses and these screams, it, there's just like this weird palpable sense of panic that I don't mm-hmm. get with a lot of other people. Like it just I don't know, it's like startling and jarring and just it's got so much more of like a texture to it that I just think is really right. interesting. Um, that is a good analysis. I appreciate that. Um, oftentimes, with this music, because you because you know a lot more about uh, the, I guess the community, and and know you've just listened to way more stuff than I have. You can like articulate how I feel about it right, better look, than I can. I ain't trying to say that I'm an expert, but all I'm gonna say is that I stopped wearing cargo shorts embarrassingly recently. So that's my credentials. <laughs> You're up to speed now. I, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. Yeah, I got you. So well, what about the other uh, tracks? Because I think I think there are two at least, at, at least two, probably three or four, depending on who you ask, that you left out. That at least for me, I am appalled that Blessed B was not in that top three. Really? I am okay. like, I am, I I am I am befuddled. I'm, sh- I'm shocked. I'm downright hoodwinked. I, I, I apologize. Um, I it none of these okay none of these songs I approached and was like I don't like this song. Just to put that out there. Right. So to be clear, I do like blessed blessed be. Yeah, I, so, I just think I think blessed be. Is it blessed or blessed? Uh, oh yeah, it's blessed be is the way that she says is it in that the how chorus. You spell blessed. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I'm just—I learned that now. It's like right now. It's like read and read, same word, but just blessed. Different pronunciations blessed, for different meanings. Be. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, oh, sorry. Um, blessed be the reason that I like that song so much, and for me, I think that's the best of their catalog by far. I, I mean, I think it was my favorite song that came out in 2020. I mean, that song just rules. Because the, the the instrumentals stay heavy throughout the whole time, but you've still got this like really nice repeating verse chorus structure, and it's all sang, it's all super catchy, and it's gorgeous. And then it's just got that like really fun like it's kind of almost like reaction channel bait. I don't think that's what they meant to do, but it's what it's turned into. Of that moment where like the switch gets flipped, you've got that one super super like almost startling screamed chorus that comes in there or or screamed verse. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then it's right back to the chorus. Like nothing happened. Like it's still just as catchy. It almost kind of comes back harder because you just got done with that kind of heavier bridge section. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I could talk about that song alone for a a while, but Mm. I, I think the three you picked are a really solid top three. I'm just amazed that that one wasn't in there. Um, well, you know, Thank you, thank you for that analysis. I'll, I'm going to go back and like listen to it at this point now. The other one, your favorite, other one that you missed is the one that I kind of mentioned got a shit ton of radio play, and that is Holy Roller, mm. which is I think their their most straightforward, definitely straightforward, like heavier song. Uh, did that one you know, stand like, out to I you? Just, I mean, I just pick songs like you know, like my taste is like different from everybody else's. You know what I mean? Like I just I'm like this revolutionary. Like I look for the things that like other people wouldn't look for just just kidding uh yeah uh 
So, uh, so, th uh, so thoughts on Holy Roller or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Look, no, no, no apology. <laughs> Sorry to Spirit Box, but I'm built different. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> um, no, Holy Roller yeah. for me sounds good. Um, and I like it, but it was one of those ones where, like, in in listening to, um, gosh, I'm I'm probably pissing people off with this, you know. If somebody were to hear me say this about the one that was like the most popular, but it was one of those ones that just like kind of blended in. Dude, yeah. I so it's funny you say that because I think it's one of, uh, I think it's one of their weaker songs too, and I think the band honestly thinks that too. I don't think they dislike the song, but hearing them talk about it before they released it, they thought it was just going to be like, it was planned on just being like a fun song they could record and kind of throw in the middle of an album. The only reason mm -hmm. they got it out when they did is because they weren't comfortable tracking singing without their producer, the whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. So they just got songs that just screams out. Holy Roller blew up. And I, I think a lot of the reason that it did is kind of back to that whole reaction channel bait kind of thing like yeah there's just all you can find video after video after fucking video of just like insert made up qualification here reacts to holy roller by spirit box and the reaction every time is just like i can't believe that's a lady like it's just i feel like right. it's it's kind of riding on that and it is a good performance song kicks ass i like the song but i just I think that there is so much more there when talking about a lot of their other discography. Hmm. Um, and it's Perhaps it, it was an interesting exercise then because like I went into this like not knowing that it got radio time or, or not knowing that, you know, it was, it blew up on subreddits and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or there was a bunch of these reaction videos. I just, I went in kind of blind on your recommendation and, and picked the songs that I, I truly did like for the sake of me liking them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of enjoy that aspect of like what we're doing here. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's, that's, that's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I had a suspicion you were probably going to not choose Holy Roller just cause I mean, it's a very, very good song, but it's just a lot less dynamic. Mm -hmm. There isn't really that kind of, you know, either progressive influence or just kind of shifting of, of song sections that a lot of the other stuff has. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly, though, another song they, another song on that playlist that is as straightforward, but I think is a lot better, is Constance. Hmm. That was the one that's primarily clean singing. It's a lot more mm -hmm. mournful, um, kind of sorrowful. I'm just trying to jog your memory if you aren't recalling. Hmm. I um, no, I remember it, it because it's the last one on the playlist. Um, it, it's one of those things where. I think what I liked about this band was um, the the contrast between a melodic chorus and then screamed verses, you know, and kind of like that, uh, which which is probably making you think like, oh, well, like, why did you not like Bless B or why did you not like uh, Holy Roller? But that is what I liked about this band and like the I do like her singing and I thought it was nice, but when it's not contrast by that higher energy then perhaps for me it was like less notable yeah um, i mean i think that's fair too um i i def like i said I, mean, I think a lot of what makes 
what makes songs like Rule of Nines, what makes songs like uh, Electric Cross or Perennial is just like, like d- Perennial just immediately kind of has this sense of space to it. it it's a song that kind of starts and then it picks up and it's just immediately open, super wide. There's just this massive range to it and then like within the song the sections are like, ebbing and flowing and there's just a lot more I'm sur- I'm surprised Perennial was not one of the ones that got the most radio play. Like you're telling me that Holy Roller did but like Perennial to me seems like the most palatable for like radio. Uh, I think Perennial might have, but that was released before the band was kind of popping off. They really, oh okay, they really have only been blowing up since Holy Roller came out. And the only song they've put out since then is Constant. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, well, yeah, and uh, Electric Cross was was kick ass. Uh, Trustfall and Belcara uh, were just kind of like. Filler. Okay. That do, sounds like. Okay. Well, do you have the thing that I have with Belcara where I like Belcara, but the intro riff to Belcara is similar enough to Rule of Nines that I'd rather just listen to Rule of Nines. That's that's Fallon. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I do like Trustfall uh, a lot. I think I think Trustfall is kind of like Constance, but it has that screaming contrast that you're missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I overall. Really liked Spirit Box. Will listen to them again. That's a good litmus test. Like, um, I will re I will return to this playlist that you provided me and listen to it again. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's all I wanted. Yeah. Um. So, if you'd like to transition to something that I have no idea how you would feel about, um, your album. Okay. Well, we we'll, we will get to the NOF side of Atlanta here in a second, but. I All want right. to take a step back and kind of go through quickly what I've been listening to lately because it is sort of oh, yeah, yeah. sort of related. Yep. Uh, so I do this thing where usually the beginning of the year I get really into one album and I listen to it all the time, which that's not uncommon. But for me, at the beginning of the year, since albums aren't really released that much this time, I tend to get really into an album that's released like a few years ago that I just missed. That tends to be what I'm into if I'm into an album beginning of the year, uh, like I'll, I, I think 2018, I got really into ground culture by kingdom of giants. And that shit was like four years old at the time. Uh, so similarly, I've been, I don't know how the fuck I missed it. I've been so into the album cold by Gideon. Like, mm. yeah, dude. Like, I mean, it's, Ridiculous, like to the point. It's like you text you text me at some point. You're like, I've been sleeping on Gideon. Well, I I hadn't been sleeping on Gideon, and that's why I thought it was fine because like I knew Gideon. I liked a lot of Gideon's songs, but I hadn't given that album like a proper listen through from front to back. And like a lot of the deep cuts are fucking sick. There's a song on that album called The Game that I think if you're familiar with the band but haven't given it a chance recently, maybe check that one out. Um, But that's kind of been what I've been treating as my baseline. I mean, to the point where like. Pretty much every time I get off work recently, I just go straight to Cursed. Because that, that's how stuff's been going at work, in case you were curious. Curse. <laughs> that's but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of just the album I default to. So that's kind of what I've been listening to primarily. Uh, I also was really obsessed with the two singles that Pale Dusk put out. I think I made you listen to the one when it came out. But yeah. they've got two songs out, uh, Leave Me Out and Wind Back. They're both sick. Uh, if you know... The song Akudama by Alpha Wolf. Pale Dusk sounds like the way that that music video looks. 
Ah, that's the best way I can describe it. But the point is, they got a song called Leave Me Out that samples Steamboat Willie, and it's tight. So I was obsessed with that for a while. Um, And then I got to give a a quick little note to uh, a song called The Collection by Signs of the Swarm. Signs of the Swarm is like one of those crazy, super fast, blast beaty technical deathcore bands, but they released a song featuring Nick Arthur, who is kind of more of a classic, 2008 suicide silencey kind of deathcore vocalist. He was in a band called Molotov Solution, and the song also features Matt Honeycutt from Kublai Khan. And they Ooh. finally did that thing I always want bands to do, which is like when you have a guest vocalist, just keep them around for the whole song. And there's a part mm. in this song where like the three vocalists are just going back and forth, like line for line for line, and it lasts for so long, and it's so amazing. I what d- song I d- is this? It's called The Collection. The Collection. And is it by Gideon? It's by a band called Signs of the Swarm. Okay. okay. Um, Got it. Yeah, you. If you like it, you would like it at the gym. That's about it. I think it might be a bit much right now. but. Okay. So that's what I've been listening to primarily. The reason I bring that up is that all of that stuff is so kinetic and so kind of like I don't know. It's all just kind of like ear candy for me. None of it's really all that deep. And because of that, it has made listening to culture a lot harder than I thought. Hmm. I think we're finally getting into that thing we've been wanting where there's some, some conflict on the albums because it was so hard for me to get through this album whenever I did. Really? Up front, I want to say that I liked a lot of what was on the album. At any given time, if I was what I was hearing, I was liking. But more than anything else, as I was listening to this album, the thought in my head was, holy shit, how is it still this song? Oh my god, why is this six minutes? Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, uh, okay. Good assessment so far. Like, was Bad and Bougie, like, cut down for radio? That song's five minutes. Yeah, I think I I don't know to what uh, extent it was, but it certainly was the most popular uh, on this album. But to be honest, like a lot of this album got radio play like hard. It's it it seemed like this album dominated radios and like college bars for like an entire year when this came out. Oh yeah, no, there was a lot of it that I realized I had heard in passing. Right, but. Yeah, man. I mean, it. That was kind of the big takeaway. Was I just was like, holy shit, this is, like. Like I think there's, I think the song with Travis Scott is like seven minutes long. Yeah, Kelly Price. Yeah, dude, and it's like I like what I was hearing on it, but I just I would check my phone because I'd like, oh, this song's cool with this one. Oh, Kelly Price. All right. Oh shit, I like this song too. Let me maybe make another that one. Oh my god, it's still Kelly Price. Like, <laughs> and that happened yeah. like four times in that song because I. I don't know if it's just because Migos is like a group and it's the first group we're covering, but it almost felt like it felt like they'd have a song done and they'd be like, oh shit, Offset didn't get a verse. So they just would run it back again and then he'd add on. Yeah. Because <laughs> they like needed to make sure the three of them had it, had it covered. And I don't know. It, it yeah. was an interesting blend because it's like, again, at any given time, I liked what I was hearing. You know, it's fun, lighthearted. All the lyrics are kind of stupid. It's goofy, wacky, fun times. Not unlike right. the Carter Three, but yeah, man, like 
one thing about this album, I think that this like this this album pretty much like is like a cornerstone of like clout culture, and like it started the the whole wave of like like the ad lib style of trap music. And, you know, I think it's it has a bit of the diehard effect in the sense that, you know, when you listen to songs, especially like after like a year or two years after this album came out, um, you go, oh, like that kind of sounds like the Migos, like that the triplet flow thing, the ad libs after every line um, that just it this was like foundational for trap whether you particularly liked it or not no big deal but like it's one of those ones where if we're gonna if we're gonna if you were to tell me like hey man trap music is what i've identified as like my favorite style let's do deep dives into trap music you got to start with this one this is trap music as it is in post 2015 trap music 101 yeah so um let's uh let's do a similar thing where we're talking about favorite songs and maybe because you were a little bit more critical least favorite songs uh yeah so i, mean, I can do i can do favorites because again like there were a lot of songs that had moments i liked it's just that it was like oh my god can we wrap it up <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh i liked uh i liked get right with you mm-hmm. that's a good one um I think the the beat or like the the whoever produced this and made the actual instrumental for Get Right With You, Get Right With You's like instrumental is so smooth. It just, uh, I'm surprised more people didn't like do remixes over it. You know, yeah. like other artists just like took that. And, and then did. looking at like just like not that it's a good metric, but I'm looking at like the genius stats mm-hmm. for each song. Another one that I think might have been under the radar is what the price i really like the beat on that one that one was sick Mm. um and then probably uh i don't know probably slippery okay probably slippery um i know you're a big gucci main fan (laughs) so that doesn't i i I have heard all four thousand songs he's released Dude, it's actually nuts. We can we can talk about that at a different time, but he, yeah. <laughs> okay, I know he released a bunch from prison, but is he the one that I, I heard would like record shit by calling his producer from his like allotted phone time? Yeah, that's insanity. Um, there's a lot of and like I I can't speak to the specifics of like how he did it, but all I know is when he got out of prison, he dropped like an album every like two weeks for like a year. Like, because he had so much material that just needed to be, like, mastered. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, <sighs> discography is scary. Um, but, um, so, okay, uh, what about least favorite? Okay, so, I don't, again, I don't... I have my guesses, but I, I don't... Want, dislike I don't any of the songs, but there's, so, there's some ones that just had more moments where I was like, oh, what the fuck, than others... And a lot of them is just like so long. So the one I disliked the most is Kelly Price. Okay. It's way too fucking long. And also, I, re- I made a note of it, and it was kind of a while ago, so I'd have to try to find the timestamp. But I think there's a sound effect in that song of like a woman screaming. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, but it happens the moment in the song when they're doing all the typical like clout rap bragging about fucking lyrics. And it, mm-hmm. the juxt, yeah. I did not like that combination. I don't know if that was, 
I don't know if Migos is playing 40 chess and it's some commentary, but I don't think that was the intention. No. And it, you I just don't like horny trap. Well, no, it's not horny. It was like like because it's like a woman like screaming. It doesn't sound like a woman oh. moaning. It sounds like a woman like being screaming. injured, and it's oh. over lyrics of them talking about how they're fucking all the time. It's like I don't uh, like that combination. She ain't even know it. Right. I'm gonna get yeah. right with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that one, I don't know. I made a note of that one. That one kind of stood out to me. As, as musically, shit, I didn't like. Um, there's that but all ass. All <laughs> okay. My note for all ass. I have one one line written down for all ass, and it's like, oh hey, that's that one air horn. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> I didn't mind all ass. It just it's funny because it's got the meme air horn in it. Mm-hmm. Um, brown paper bag was fine, but it's got that whisper ad lib that I just hate. Ad yeah. lib should not be whispered. I hate it every time it happens. There's probably a lot less that you like didn't like, but a lot that just like kind of blended, and you're like, okay, this is like long and sounding similar. Yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of the big thing. on big. I... How how, mu- how many notes do you have for big on big? <sighs> okay, hold up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Big on big, big on big. Uh, I don't have any notes between. I have notes for get right with you. I don't have anything for slippery or big on big. And mm-hmm. then I th- I have notes for like what the price and that's about it. <laughs> right. Um, Deads by Two Chains was the biggest disappointment for me because I'm a big Two Chains fan and it just fell flat for me. I like the song on its own, but I mean, I, mm. I think Dead's is a very good song to show someone if you're trying to point out the fact that Migos uses the same flow almost consistently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. One I, that I, I think is oh yeah, go I ahead. can't help but feel like I'm just missing the point completely. I don't think this was meant to be listened to as an album. It really does mm-hmm. feel like they just put out a bunch of songs because they had them all done at the same time. They knew that if they bundled them together that they could do this big push as like the culture album, but it was meant for individual songs to get picked up and put on the radio or put on And they playlists. got like staggered. Like Bad and yeah. Bougie came out and, and was like the, the song, right, right? Right, And then, I forget exactly what order, but, you know, bear with me. Then like Slippery became the big song right and then t-shirt became the big song and then kelly price became the big song once travis scott was like released his butterfly effect song so like it it was all kind of like a it it was like a rolling staggered because they were released on an album but it it felt like singles kept like like the radio whoever was organizing it kept like going back and like cherry picking singles off of this album to like give them a staggered momentum yeah Um, and i think that's probably the biggest takeaway and the biggest positive that i'll say about the album since i did just say a lot of shit about it is that in that lens i think the album works tremendously i mean if you look at it as mm -hmm. 13 potential radio singles and you're not supposed to sit down and try to like burn through them in in an hour sitting I think it works really well. I mean, I, I think if you isolate the songs from each other, then the repetition becomes less of an issue. The fact that they're way too long becomes less of an issue, especially when you factor in the fact that like a lot of these songs were cut down for the radio. Like I'm looking at mm-hmm. it now, Bad and Bougie on the album is six minutes. It's 5.43. Right. And I, I know for a fact when it's like played on the radio it gets cut down and i think or or especially in a club with a dj like yes. he'll he'll let yeah. that that hit drop right and then get to like you know maybe like skip a verse and just do the little uzi vert 
uh, verse and then like mix it into another yeah. song. Ca- like it's a case quick in point. I'm looking on Spotify. The radio version of Bad and Bougie is three and a half minutes. So they cut out two entire minutes and change. Right. Right. Um, one song that I think is a sleeper in terms of like I like it the most or like I like it a lot. Um, but I've never heard like anybody else really cite it as like one of like a song by the Migos that they like. Uh, call casting. Oh yeah, I, I really liked that one. I I, I forgot like about this, that. Like I forgot about this, it because like, I I don't have notes for it, but I really liked that song. For some reason, like I believe it's it's. I believe it's takeoff in the chorus. I can't remember exactly, but it's either takeoff or offset. Um, and they just have this like, like this, like big, like kind of bombastic, like, like chorus that is sung. And I just, I like it. I don't know. You know? Yeah. No, I did like that one. I just, for some reason it wasn't in my notes, but yeah, I, I do. I like that one a lot. Cause I wasn't crazy about t-shirt. Something about the way the beat was in that one just wasn't doing it for me. So I didn't really like Cold... And I like the little piano, like the do-do-do-do, that thing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of times with albums, I tend to people tend to like you like the front half or the back half. But for me, it's like mm-hmm. I like that middle chunk. I didn't mm-hmm. like Culture. I didn't like T-Shirt. I liked Call Casting. Call Casting through, like, Slippery. And then I liked What the Price and brown paper bag kinda and then i didn't care for deads through the rest of the album gotcha okay well i mean that seems pretty fair to me um and 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 i think i suggested that you listen to this one knowing that it may be a stretch on uh what you are able to uh listen to legitimately and not find silly uh, because I think a lot of this can be a bit, uh, like, I don't know, on the nose with, like, every stereotype about trap music that you can think of. Yeah, and I will say that this um, one does feel a little bit less self-aware than, like, an Action Bronson or a Lil Wayne. Right. It does, It feels um, It feels like they, if, if I don't know. They, they are not being ironic at all. One thing you should right. know about the Migos, they are not doing anything that they're doing ironically. Yeah. But at the same time, it almost kind of feels like that thing where it's like you just do it sincerely, and then if anyone calls you on it, you say it's irony, but you didn't mean it like that. Right. It's like that thing where you say something, and then if someone's someone gives you shit for it, you're just like, oh, it was satire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was they. Um, the you, one thing that you had to remember, like this, they got jettisoned not only because of this music, but because of the whole dab meme. Right. Like, Bad and Bougie with the dab thing was, like, on morning TV shows. Right. You know, like, like they had, like, clips on the Ellen show of, like, little 10-year-old kids, like, dabbing to Bad and Bougie at, like, farm league baseball games. Right. You know, like, yeah. it, it was, you yeah. know, but that's... And I think for that reason, you know, that's why it's easy to see that the, the Indian version of bad and bougie it's far superior <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah best shit ever dude there's uh my favorite one of those is some of the the xxx tension stuff like moonlight oh, fuck. jesus XXX, yeah. yes I, yes yeah. uh, but um, i guess okay i guess to 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 kind of close it out 
I, I don't know. I, I feel bad. I feel like sometimes I don't have that much to say with these albums, and I, I feel like I kind of give the same blanket of like, oh, I liked it, blended together. Meh. I think yeah. as like a, a I don't want to say proof of concept for the Migos, but like proof of concept for me or like exposure therapy as far as like the whole trap style goes, I think very successful. I just don't think that, I honestly think I could probably listen to an hour of this style. I just don't know if that hour should be culture in its current form. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. But, um, I, I mean, I like, I like revisiting, uh, this album every once in a while. It's kind of like, a it's kind of a grandfather of what trap is now, you know, yeah. like this, this, uh, this album walks so that ski mask, the slump God could run. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, it reminds me of a little bit kind of like summertime. 06 in the sense that like, if you just look at the features, it's like all people who would have been like, Maybe less so with like two chains and Gucci Mane, but like looking at Lil Uzi mm-hmm. Vert and Travis Scott, like they definitely picked them, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, what does this? Would you say based on this, would you like to sh- go a dix- uh, like a different direction for the next week's uh, recommendations, or would you like to stick on like a trap music? Um, I don't know that I want something as like quote unquote pure trap as this but i definitely am willing and 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 asking for you know something like more of like an influence something that's going to pull from this i i think would be very interesting um but i mean as, as far as like actual like requests if you can i know it's really not your preferred okay. style of hip-hop but okay. i would i would really like to because i genuinely haven't heard it like to give any of that really abrasive super angry almost screamed rap a shot okay i mean suicide boys or city morgue or or scar lord like anything like that i haven't mm-hmm. really given like a huge fair chance and i, I think that that's that really funny be... that you uh because i have two suggestions written down for you yeah um and one of them is suicide boys um so that's that's kind of interesting that you because uh, because I didn't know because if you were like I absolutely hated this get me out of here I never <laughs> want to listen to anything like that again if that was your mentality then I was gonna go uh, you know with uh, Suicide Boys right you were gonna go with Day Six Nine by Six Nine yeah <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna say it every week until we do it and then when we do it I'm gonna quit the podcast. Right. Um, what let's so let me tell you first um, what like okay so for my recommendation I would like something that is heavier that I for example could like you know feel like I'm I can run through a wall during a workout you okay. know something that like because I told you that I've been getting into deathcore recently um, Okay. And that is kind of like where I'm feeling. Okay. Even though this was a more melodic, you know, there was heavy parts of Spirit Box, but like it was a little softer. This I want like, you know, like I, I want to hear like what what do they call it when it's like the, like the the gurgling type screams. <laughs> like gutturals. Gutturals. Yes. Okay. So, with that in mind, there's a couple ways we can take it. 
and I'm potentially very excited about it. So we we can do, I would say, one of three things. We can look at, eh, let's do one of two. We can look at a classic in the genre, um, which could be interesting. It's kind of a throwback, something from like the 2008-2007 era. Or, and you can tell this is the one I'm preferring, Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we've, I don't know if we've explicitly talked about this before, but I think you kind of have a similar setup to me, where like there's a lot of albums that I like, albums that you know just I enjoy, and then there's albums mm-hmm. that I like I like more. They kind of have more of a meaning to me. They're kind of maybe tied to a specific point in my life, like what you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the tier above that, where it's like, not to. Uh, the term's kind of cringy, but the best the best thing I can describe as is like fucking like horcruxes, where it's like albums that have <laughs> part of my soul embedded, albums right. that like, yeah, that I I will defend to the end of the earth, and we haven't done any of those albums yet, but mm-hmm. there is one of those albums we could cover, that would be very thoroughly deathcore. I think the album's great. Think the album kicks ass. Love everything about it. Curious to know your thoughts on it. Okay. Also, try not to get burned though, because, like I said, yeah, like the album a lot. But I think okay. we could do it. So that being said, let's do "Old Souls" by Make Them Suffer. Okay. I'm writing it down on an envelope. Okay. Just so you know. I think um, it's on. It, it, it's on Spotify, but there's like a there, there's a version of the album they re-released that also includes their first EP, and we mm-hmm. don't need to quite go that far because it's like 17 songs. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. The version that's just Old Souls is on Spotify too. Do you want um Do you want newer album or you want older album? Uh, uh are you familiar with both equally? Yes. Um, I would do okay. In that, in that case, I would do here's, whichever here's one a, is, is not newer, or older. 2015 or 2018. Do 2018. Okay. Um, in that case, um, actually, I lied. My recommendation. Sorry, I forgot about an album. We're we're just gonna do this one. Uh, my liver will handle what my heart can't by Suicide Boys. Oh, dude, that title's so good. That's like, that's some fucking. Damn, dude, that's that's real like. Warped tour, Devil Wears Prada, yep. long song title type shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dude. These <laughs> song these song titles rule. <laughs> yeah, so um. I would argue that this is one of the most like is in if if you look to like a hardcore Suicide Boys fan, which I am not like a stand for them, um, but I do like their stuff. Uh, this is one of those where I think they would probably say top three albums that are most important and most like you got to listen to of these guys. That's going to be in, in that top three. For sure. Okay. So um, well, it looks like and perhaps if you really like that direction. Um, then maybe we can jump into uh, some of their other stuff at another point. Okay. Well, yeah, it looks like we're, we're getting really angry for next week. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to tease you for the, uh, for the year thing, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm going. Okay. Well, yeah, let's do it. So we will get on those two and we will reconvene in, what do you say? Another six weeks. Mm -hmm. 
Six months. Make it make it for good measure. Make it six months. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So I will yeah. see you <laughs> in the winter. 